What is up, you empowered people? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Project Empowered. And on today's exciting episode, I had the chance to sit down with Cami Gill as we discuss what the experience has been like for him so far playing as a professional keeper at Dunfermline Athletic Football Club. We also dive into what the journey has been like for him building a successful goalkeeping coaching business in Dunfermline and Edinburgh. But before we jump into this week's episode, I'm going to kindly ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcasts, please um, make sure you drop us a follow as it's massively appreciated. And if you enjoyed this week's podcast, please be sure to leave us a review as again, uh, helps us to reach more people and grow this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode of Project Empowered. We're on. So this is Project Empowered. I am Gary Tickle. My guest today is Cameron Gill, the 22-year-old full-time professional goalkeeper at Dunfermline Athletic Football Club. After spending many years working on your craft at a goalkeeping academy at Dunfermline, you soon noticed that this type of service wasn't being offered at grassroots level. Since then, you've grown your coaching business, number one goalkeeping academy, and this is a coaching business that offers goalkeeping specific training to the up-and-coming keepers in both Dunfermline and Edinburgh. Cameron, welcome to Project Empowered, mate. How's it going? How's it going, mate? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I'm excited as well, mate. I'm excited as well. Um, just to give some context to whoever's listening, if they're not aware who you are, um, basically, me and you have been lifelong friends pretty much for as long as as long as long I can remember. Some would say too yeah. long, but... <laughs> I actually found a photo last night of you and you and my wee brother on your first day at primary school. You know <laughs> the photo? That's like <laughs> I actually seen that yesterday. That's funny. <laughs> um, but aye, so can you give us some context about your backstory, mate, and how you got to where you are now, playing at Dunfermline and owning and being a head coach at your own coaching business? Aye, so um, I found on. Start from kind of seven year old. I was just like every other boy in the in the class where we would all play for a local football team, and we were lucky. We had a really good team and a good setup with guys like um, two two of my mates. One of them ended up at Hearts, and one of them ended up at Dunfermline before me. And and we had a really really good team. And so there was always scouts and stuff at the games. And it just so happened that one day Dunfermline, I think this was at under tens eventually, Dunfermline needed a goalkeeper. Um, and obviously my mates just went, look, I know Cammy will come and do it. Went along for a trial. And then it's a strange looking back, but it's just as easy as that. Um, and then after the trial signed, 12 years later, I'm still there, which is weird. Um but no, it's been good just working working away up the system. Um, 
every every age group it's obviously different. Like you see boys getting like go and stuff and and boys getting kept on, boys getting like full time contracts and stuff when you get to sixteen, seventeen. Um and the guys that the guys that some of them that got released, don't get me wrong, some of them have kicked on and are playing at a higher level than Dunfermline now. Um so it doesn't really make much of a difference in that regard. Um bye and then start I'm I'm here now. Um, just played my 15th game for the first team the other day, um, but kind of back up, back up for the first team this season. Um, but linking that into the coaching as well, um, it was just a kind of helping my mum's pal for a one-to-one session because he needed a bit of help at the local boys club, and I must have been about 16, 17, and this guy was a year younger than me. And I, I just went down with a couple of cones and a, four footballs. And then someone's seen that session and says, could you take the local younger group? So I had four or five guys that, funny enough, I still coach to, to this day. Um, that are doing really well. And it, it just kind of spiralled. ended up coaching for um, a company, J4K. It's called Just For Keepers. They're kind of like the biggest franchise in, in RB goalkeeper coaching industry um, done a bit with them in Dunfermline and in Edinburgh and then eventually decided to, to set it up myself and, and have a crack at it and kind of try and try and make it exactly how I wanted it and all the bits that were missing in different places and the bits that I enjoyed doing and the system that I want, ultimately wanted I would have to make it my own in order to do that mm-hmm. so uh, it sounds like you wanted to you scratched your own itch you realized that there's something missing in this service because off air you were telling us about you were telling me about how keepers often get the same type of training as like outfield players but yeah. like how does how does that relate to it doesn't it's, does it it's completely overlooked at grassroots level especially um, well, goalkeepers just, you'll hit a shot at them and they're expected to save it. If they don't, you're like, what is going on here? This is, they're rubbish. And if he saves it, he's well done. We'll wait for the next one. And it's just like, deal with it, see how it goes. Well, an outfielder, you're getting trained, you'll know probably better, or you'll know the same. Um, you'll get a specific training tailored to you a couple times a week. Where a goalkeeper, the amount of times you still see it, which is so bizarre, I'll just get one of the coaches just shelling balls at him for 20 yards. Like, nothing nothing to the session, not learning the, the technical aspects of it. You could make a save, but you could make it the wrong way or a difficult way, which makes it more likely for him to make a mistake. Um, and these are things that people won't. If you, you're not trained in it, and you've had the training or you've really like involved in the coaching, the goalkeeper side of it, you won't notice these things. Um, and there is a massive gap uh, between the, the outfielders and the goalkeepers for training on that specific position. And because goalkeeping is so specialised as well, the only people that can catch the ball, but it's completely different. That's why we wear the different kit and the goal. Um, it's, I, I just find it so strange that mm-hmm. there's nothing there. But 
I think we're managing to do it slowly and surely, bridging that gap a bit. Um, with the likes of Portobello, Dalkeith, Thistle and Dillick and Dunfermline. Uh, these are three clubs that we've uh, signed up with who are, who are having us come out to deliver goalkeeping sessions for their younger ones and that's in a group capacity, which is good because um, they can learn off each other as well. And it gives them, it gives them something, uh, even if it's a bit of advice. The amount of times I'll have kids come up to me, oh, my coach said this to me and I'm like, He's talking absolute nonsense. If you want to, like, I'll phone him up and tell him what the right thing is here. Um, but I, we're, we're getting there slowly. Mm, but okay. I think more clubs are are now getting to a stage where they're more open to, to look at these avenues. Yeah. Whether it's getting someone, look, I'm not bothered if it's me coming to do the session, my company, or if it's someone else. As long as it, the goalies are getting the, the specialised training, because... For me, I had that from seven. I was very lucky that I had Jason Gardner, who's an ex-Hibs goalie. Um, I was mates with his son, who was also in the team. So he was one of the coaches. So I was getting specialised, almost one-to-ones, when I was seven to ten. And then by the time my opportunity came, I was ready to go in at 10-year-old at Indunfermline, do well in the trial and get signed up from that. But a lot of people don't have that chance don't have like the foundations right for the start um, so we're, we're just trying to offer that we've got the academies as well which are going really well and that's for you don't have to wait on your club being the being the ones paying for the coaching and stuff oh no it's been very popular we're now at just shy of 20 kids in Edinburgh and 30 in Dunfermline um, and it, it's, it's going well it's obviously a popular service but I don't want to take on any more because I don't want the, at the moment anyway, because I don't want the service to drop mm. at that stage where if, if it gets too crammed, they're not going to get anything out of the session. Yeah, so it sounds like the standard of quality, that um, the standard of training session quality is very high up on your list of priorities, which is admirable. Probably, there's no be. point to do it if it's not, you know mm. what I mean? So, uh, no, no, number one goalkeeper cam it sounds like it's at the very forefront of like you said, trying to build that foundation to uh, let these up-and-coming keepers build from. And uh, and that wasn't something that was initially offered to everyone back when you were, say, at the age of some of the keepers that are at your academy. Yeah, so that's... I, was, I was actually very lucky in the fact that I did um, attend one while at Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called The Last Line of Defence. Um, and I absolutely loved that. Loved it. Um, my wee brother went as well. The, the, the full setup was just enjoyable. That was every fortnight. I've tried to make it every week. But the, the, I still speak to some people that were at that. Um, some of them actually helped me with the coaching now and again as well. So, no, it's, it was a very... I had a... By going into these other academies, when I was younger, as a coach as well, you take the bits that you really enjoy and then you go and make it, put them all together and that's mm-hmm. my specific or my identity, if you like. Mm-hmm. Almost like your coaching signature. Aye. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, so that's, I'm really excited to get into more depth about that, your coaching business, that whole ex- that experience of, of building something. But can we take it back a few steps? Because obviously it wasn't 
at all. It wasn't all rosy posy in your lead up to making, like yesterday, your 15th appearance for um, the first team. What were some of the periods during that, your, your sort of teenage years and, and later, what were some of the struggles that, that sort of sticks out in your head of it was rough at the time, it wasn't very, you weren't maybe getting as much of an opportunity as you were like, you, you wanted to. Yeah. Can you sort of talk us through some of the harder times? Because that's as much as of, of the side of it as the good times as well, if not more. Yeah, no, completely. Um, I think, see, when you're younger, and you're, you're trying to fight, or say between like 10 and 15, 16, you're just enjoying football, I think. And at the moment it goes full time and it starts to become, well, we get that kind of men's football side of it and it starts to become um, more pressure. Um, so when you're kind of, for, for me, I was training with the first team because I was a goalkeeper, it was a lot easier for me. Um, kind of 15, 16, I was getting in training with the first team sometimes. And if you made a mistake there, you were getting ab- you were getting absolutely blasted. You're getting for the coaches, from your players. This is something you, you never really get at younger ages. It's maybe a wee shout, but this is like, some I've seen some horrible stuff in the game where people have just absolutely lost their head at each other. Um, and when you're younger, you're, especially the goalie, kind of 16, 17, that's where you're going to make all your mistakes. And the mistakes are a good thing, looking back, because you need them in order to actually say, right, I can't do that now. Why? Because you lost a goal when you were 16 and everyone went mental at you. Um, but it's, it's difficult when that first comes, especially when it feels like there's a lot of negativity, especially as a goalkeeper, I think. Um, because as soon as you make a mistake, it's a goal, you could lose the game off it. Um, so that, that would be one of the tough bits um, recently well last year I kept, it was kind of my breakthrough year in the first team um, and it was tough up to that point because I was on the bench loads and couldn't really whether it was I think they'd sign, they would sign someone um, to come in and play if I was kind of next in line to play and stuff and it was like why, why isn't it day? Just having a chance on me. One one game here or there is not going to like make a big difference on the club, even if I do mess up. But I was a wee bit kind of gutted at that. But then last year I got a chance and I went about seven or eight games playing and then I was back at the team. And I'm like, right, I'm back to square one here. Well, realistically, I'm not. It's just the way I would look at it was, oh, I'm at the team because you're constantly focusing on that try to do, I need to do better, 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 better. So after eight games, I'm like, right. And then I'll just look at all the clips and that, try to analyse that, what could I do better, what, uh, what did I do okay at, done that. Got another opportunity, thank you, this other goalie got concussion in the cup, went and won three games, and then I was back out, and I'm like, oh no, what is going on here? So I think that's, accepting that, that's probably difficult. Um I think that's part and parcel of being a young goalie as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, see, if I was to look back at 16, 17 in the training, I'm probably at that stage now in the games where you're making those mistakes. You're going to make the mistakes. It's learning from them. Obviously, I'm competing against someone now who's just away with a Welsh squad who, who's a lot more experienced than me. He's played over 400 games, I'm sure, compared to my 15. So 
I think it's 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 difficult. I don't think a lot of people notice that side of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you give me some? Um, sorry, mate. Sorry. Can you give me? Can you? Because I, I when I'm looking at it, like, I'm looking at it from an outfield player's perspective, and there's something that I myself overlook when I'm thinking about a goalkeeper's career is that like you goalkeepers do typically have longer careers. Yeah. So so how does that compare against someone who's playing outfield? as opposed to someone who's playing in goals, who's maybe got a career of maybe, what, 10, 15 years, maybe longer than an outfield player? Is that wrong? No, goalies can play up till kind of... I've seen goalies go over 40 play. Like, it's not a position where you need your legs. You know what I mean? It's more a position of experience, like, relaxed, but can still make saves. So it's completely different in that regard. Um. Outfielders can usually peak about 25. And the goalkeepers tend to peak about 30, which is difficult for younger goalkeepers to take because they're seeing all, them, all your mates and everyone your age is all playing and doing really well, making a bit of money sometimes. And you're like, I'm not even playing here. What's going on? But then when I'm 30, they might be on the, the latter stage. Um, their career where his mind is almost just kick-starting. But that, it makes it so difficult to try and get games and stuff, especially when there's obviously a, a huge pool of goalkeepers with that experience. And obviously we've talked about some of the struggles that come with um, you know, playing, in, playing at that level of football, but can you touch upon what the feeling was like when you got a call-up to play for under-20s um, at the national level for Scotland? How was that? How did that come about? Was it a phone call? Was it? Can you run me through that experience? I can't even mind how I actually found out. I think I just found out on Twitter. You know that? <laughs> really? Aye, aye. I think it was. I think it was uh, on the, the Scottish FA page. They put out like a little photo of the selected team. And I'm like, what? I think I'm firm on tagging it, saying, oh, well done or something. And I'm like, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> I was not expecting it at all. Um, I'd always been a, a sort of a goal of mine to try and get some or try and be about there with the, the national squad, even if it was just the getting going away because there was always two to three goalies that went away. And when I was younger, kind of 16, 17, I would be the goalkeeper that was on standby. So I was like, yeah, not quite good enough to get in We've got these guys that are doing really well, but if we need you, and then I thought, right, I'm not actually, and I actually quite enjoyed the standby, but I'm, I'm, I can't be far away then. Right, let's get a wee shot. And then it got to the stage where, obviously, the higher up we go, the less chance you've got, because obviously everyone else is, there's kind of going to be guys playing at bigger clubs and whatever. Um and it got to this stage where I kind of thought the moment it went, if I was going to get in, it would be in 17s or the under 18s or something like that. And it never happened. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bit of a missed opportunity. But hey ho. And then I got picked for that. Um, and it was just, it was just a wee friendly um, game. It wasn't a tournament, it was nothing like that. But see, just putting on the strip. Oh my God, mate, what a feeling. It was, it was, it was. Surreal to be fair, it was really nice though because my played over in Murcia in Spain, 
and it was like a little camp. Um, and my mum and dad uh, flew over to watch the game and that. And my cousin who stays in Spain, she drove across with her boyfriend. So it was, it was a really, it was like, it was nice. Um, I really enjoyed that. But I, it was, it was quite surreal. And the fact that I thought that moment it went, it kind of gave me a, gave me a lot of confidence actually. Um, and even when I look at the the actual squad that went away for that camp, they're all playing Premiership, like flying. Or I think that that team are basically they just qualified for the twenty ones Euros, I think. So some team, some team, and I it was kind of like when I was going out, I'm like, these guys are all playing at like Hibs, Aberdeen, Rangers, Celtic, and that, and I'm like. I'm even getting a game like in the championship. I, they've got to look at me and am I going to be up to this level? And I went away and it gave me a lot of confidence. I didn't feel that I was like miles off it or that. I really enjoyed the training. And it was just it was good to test yourself at that against that calibre of player as well, I think. Um so no, all in all, that was that was brilliant. That was probably my highlight so far. Mm. Well, hopefully there's more of that to come that's uh there's something to be said about being in an environment where you feel almost like you're out of your depth, but you're not really, but it sort of kicks you on a bit, doesn't it? It's almost, like, um, it's almost like by being in proximity with people who are maybe you, you feel like are at a higher caliber than yourself, it almost rubs off on you. Aye, it probably does give you an extra 5-10% to be fair, knowing that your standards cannot slip. They can't. Mm-hmm. But then you, you take that back to the club and stuff as well. So and it helps everyone because as soon as you bring that mentality back to Dunfermline, then it gives everyone else a couple of percent as well. So exactly, that, that. it rubs off. It definitely does. Okay, so that was a, that was one of your highlights of your career. We've, we've sort of touched upon briefly about your coaching business, and that's what I really want to to dive into today because. Obviously, I've known you for, for such a long time. I know how passionate you are about this mm-hmm. and how passionate you are about giving the youth, the grassroots level, something that wasn't necessarily provided to a lot of people who were your age, who were the keepers, some of your mates who were keepers. They weren't like really given that same foundation. So how was the, the feeling of re- the, the first time you realized, wait a minute, there could be something here after maybe that was your first training session with um, your mum's mate's son, who was a year younger than you. Like, talk me through the experience of, wait, on, wait a minute, this could actually be a viable business that, that I can get my teeth sunk into. I've never thought of it as a, or looked at it, especially at the start, as a, as a business. It was more just a service and trying to get out to as much people as we can to get them top quality sessions. Um, I remember it just kind of, it was really strange, obviously, going off that first one-to-one and then it just slowly kept growing and growing just by word of mouth and people seeing it and stuff. And then I kind of thought, you know, like, with the group sessions I was doing, I was like, it's not quite how I would want it done. And I thought, um, I used to coach a guy, John Ritchie, and Dunfermline is sadly not with us now. Um, 
and he had a set up like that and it was a just for keepers one but it was really good through there and I decided to take that just for keepers franchise and do it in Dunfermline and it worked really well I think I just done paid like 20 25 quid on Facebook advertising pinged that free session and I was like 20 kids 25 kids came up and I was like Jesus I'm going to need like a few coaches here and straight away that was it that was the business was made in terms of that like the academy was there but then it was having to try and rebrand it in order for it to run how I would want it to run and run sustainable um, but it's, it was it was really like just the way it worked was it seemed so fluent it probably was too fluent you know what I mean so it's hard to actually speak about um, the Edinburgh Academy was a lot harder to kind of first start up um, we're now at kind of good numbers in 20, 20 odd but see because we had maybe had about 7 or 8 at the start it didn't matter what age we would try and cater for you so there would be really young ones like 7, 8 year old training with guys that are 14, 13 and it kind of it wasn't the, the same as a coach, you know straight away it's not the same standard of session. If it's like that, people are at different levels. People need tested at different levels. So how can you accommodate for for that seven-year-old and that thirteen-year-old within the same session? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very difficult. But now the numbers are starting to get there, so we must have been doing something right. Um, that it's a bit easier now. We can split the groups up. So now we've got kind of a beginners group in Edinburgh that's seven to nine-year-olds. Um, and then we've got another group which is kind of it's more ability based um, and it's, it's kind of one big group that gets split up into, into two lots just for just for coaching purposes and kind of time in the goal and time being the one that's catching the ball you know what I mean um, it works it works so much better when you split that into two smaller groups mm-hmm. um, so it's like it, a bespoke service to each sort of age range because you know, you can't just you can't just here's one size that fits all. That doesn't that doesn't work, does it? Doesn't happen. It doesn't even work with the footballs, mate. Some of them are size four, some of them size five. So <laughs> everything's got to be split up. Whether you're doing positioning, there's no point in me teaching a seven year old positioning in an eleven a side goal. He needs That's to learn seven a side. Learn learn where he should be in that, and that's the whole point of the seven a side goals to get your bearings a bit to then help you when you go up. But the 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 we focus on a three-week rotation at the academy. Um, the first week's handling and diving. The second week is crossing and distribution. And the third week's 1v1s and positioning. So we'll work that, the three-week rotation, just continuously. Um, just so that we feel they're the biggest parts of the goalkeeping that we need to focus on. The rest, they'll get that with our clubs and stuff. Um, or we're hoping that they will. A lot of them do, some of them don't. Um, it's maybe a wee avenue we need to look at. Um, but in saying that, see the handling and diving, the session will have different points and different targets for the 79-year-old group than the older group. The 79-year-old, we might be looking at their, their diving shape, um, the fundamentals of it, the foundations, you know, um, in order to, so when they do go up into that top group that everything's there for them and then start pushing on but it's a top group they've kind of they've got that 
um, got the foundations and it's maybe about trying to get that extra yard into the corner, that extra bit of power. Um, so it's, it's a bit more advanced than that and I kind of need to digest it a bit more and look at the, the little areas that you can, the little 1% that you can make up. Whereas the, the younger ones is more about the foundations and trying to get, have everything there and, and everything on that three-week um, rotation to then push on. And the Dunfermline one is a lot older than the, the young the Edinburgh one in terms of it's been up and running for about two to three years now. And the amount of guys that came from the bottom groups or worked to the middle and now are in the top group is brilliant. It's, it's so good to see that and you see them coming on. And it's, sometimes it's difficult to see when you're seeing someone every week. It's difficult to see how much they've came on. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it week to week. It's like if you've got a baby, you're not... You don't really see how much they grow compared to someone that sees them once every three to four weeks. It's like, Jesus, he's doubled in size. <laughs> yeah, um, so if, um, he, if you had a video from the very first training session that he joined number one goalkeeper academy compared uh, to the, the, the most recent one, say that's two years down the line, then you'd see a difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you hear it off the parents and they're saying, oh, he's, he's absolutely flying. Coach is saying he's doing really well. Well, a lot of kids in Dunfermline will go to di- like different academies or different. There's other goalkeeper coaches in Dunfermline. They're all really good, um, and they'll go out to them and they'll say, "Oh, he's he looks brilliant." Him, and they come back to me and the parents like, "Oh, he must be doing something right because he's saying he's absolutely flying. His techniques off the rails." And it's like, "Must be doing something right." But how rewarding is that? How how rewarding is that? Seeing seeing a a, a player in your academy go from not really having much foundations to being having solid foundations and kicking on for the rest of it as well. Is that how rewarding is that? Because that seems like it would be a really rewarding thing. That's why you do it at the end of the day, you know what I mean? It's that's the bread and butter. Um there, there is no better feeling in the amount of the text I get saying, Oh, the wee man's played super I'm, I'm probably waiting. My phone pinged a couple of times already. Uh, we one's done brilliant this morning, one three three nil, clean sheet. On the amount of end up filming, they do a little card. It's like called the fair play card. It's basically your man of the match. And the amount of photos I've got, all the parents go same with the weekend like this. <laughs> it just gives you a wee smile on a Sunday, you know what I mean? Um, but no, that, ultimately that's why you do it. But see, going back to when I was in primary and we first started up the, the team, I was terrible at field. And I was the I was the slowest one, the unfittest one. I swear the coach just says like, right, who wants to go and goal today for a first game? Everybody, like, about four or five people put their hand up. I must have been third or fourth to put my hand up. He went, right, Cam, you're first, then you go. And that's how it started. And it's like, Jesus Christ. But then I went in, done really well, loved it. And I think it's more the part of helping out your mates and stuff. And you want to be included, but you also want to help. The team, and if if you're not, if, say you're making a mistake, the amount of kids, like the flip side of that, not doing really well, the amount of kids that don't know how to take that rejection in a way where they've balls went through their hands and they lost the game. At that age, it's actually quite grounding, it's quite good. Um, where, you, where you're feeling like that and it's like, I've let, I've let everyone down. No, you've no. 
because then you can come and speak to us about it on the Friday night in Dunfermline or the Wednesday in Edinburgh and we can try and help them through that and it's knowing that it is just a game but when you do first start you're just trying to help everyone you're just trying to be included and do your bit do as much as you can for the team and stuff so it's, it's strange Mm, okay, so it sounds like you guys offer a level of accountability that that it makes young keepers kick on because they feel like they've got someone to talk to about, and they're not they don't feel isolated pretty much because not they're the only one who's in goals and it. I can see that's where exactly it, exactly it. Because see the amount of kids, they'll just as soon as they turn up and they see loads of goalies, it's all brilliant because you've got so much people that can understand their problems. And that's their trait. Aye, aye. It's the, the goal union, isn't it? Um, it does gear, like, it is completely specified. Like, it's so different in terms of you are the one at the back of the pitch wearing a different coloured top and, and you're not in the game for, you can't see a goalkeeper makes a mistake. We can't work our arse off for 10 minutes to help redeem it. You can't do that. You have to wait for something to happen and all that it's trying to do. So you're not in control. Mm, it's almost like yeah. it's more reactive eh, than proactive. It is, it is. But then if you go chasing someone, that's where you'll make the mistakes. So it's mm. difficult. Like, for instance, in yesterday's game with me, I had to say to myself before the game, I'm like, right, I really need to, I need to make an impact here. Like, I need to, and I'm like, this is, this is a lie because I can't, I can't make an impact if nothing happens. I can only do my bit. And if that's not enough, then it's not enough. If I make a mistake, then I can try and work on it in the trainer. So, I... Mm. These, uh, these things like that, when you said that, it just sort of triggered a thought. Um, like, that perspective shift is, seems to me, really important. Like, some people would say, oh, I've made a mistake. Oh, I'm, I'm no good. I'm not... And then they'd it would eat away at them. But from what you just said there, that perspective of well, I've made a mistake, how can I improve it? I've made a mistake, what can I train to, to do better? Yeah. I've made a mistake, how can I react to it? That's an important perspective shift that um, that I think is true all over, not just in a goalkeeping position, but like outfield or, or it applies to a lot of different things. Yeah. Now listen, Cam, there's something I wanted to ask you. Right? Every single keeper that I've ever played with has always, always, always went through a spell that they're like, nah, 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 I want to play outfield. I want to play outfield. Did you ever go for that spell? Uh, I'm quite to be honest with you, mate. I was never good enough. So I, could, <laughs> I, could never, I was never good enough outfield to actually think, like, I could, I could play outfield here. Key example, my wee brother. He was, a, he was better than me in goals, and he was two years <laughs> younger than me. And he went, nah, I want to play outfield. And then he went outfield. To be fair, he was good outfield. Nah, he's a baller, like. But, um... Nah, I was never good. I, I knew for a fact, I, even when I was younger, I thought, I'm all right in goals. I'm no great outfield. I mean, there was maybe, there's always a bit of you that, like strikers and that, you scored goals, like you're the ones that everyone talks about. As a goalie, all that happens, anything good is, or anything happens, is usually bad. Anything good you do, apart from David Marshall at the weekend, anything good you do is usually just expected. Anything bad, like it is a, a negative position. Um, whereas a striker, you get all the plaudits. You miss four or five chances, you score one, you win one nil, you're the hero. Goalie, you make four or five saves, one mistake, you're, you've lost the game. You know what I mean? 
Um, so I, I always knew that I had no chance of being a professional outfield, like zero chance. Whereas I thought I could maybe do something if I was stayed in gold. And I enjoyed being in gold. And it, I think the fact that I, I trusted myself a bit um, helped a lot in terms of I, I thought I was all right. Just all right, though. I never thought it was great. I never thought get to the stage of being a professional footballer anyway. Mm. It still doesn't really feel like it. It's weird. No, it's testament to your hard work, obviously. Um, see, that's another thing that's popped into my head there about the strikers and the plaudits and that. Number one goalkeeper academy could be at the, or probably are at the forefront of maybe like trying to reverse that cycle. You know, maybe like highlighting yeah. what people, what goalkeepers are actually doing like that's that's doesn't get credit enough. Like, Aye. for example, I was watching Portugal um, v France last night and I was astounded by the amount of the times the commentators were like hounding the, the keepers, like hounding the keepers, like always expecting more. Even if a, the, the goal was prevented, they always expected more. And like, they even play that position, mate. Like, how can you, how do you have the experience to even offer an opinion up that's that, that polarised? you know what I mean? A lot of it, and it's a lot of it, even like your, your top analysts and that on your sky, so like Gary Neville and Carragher and that, sometimes you're talking and any goalie, like I'm talking all the, like, see even like the, the Dunfermline goalie chat, um, I've always got my one with the coaches and stuff like that. I'm currently doing my UEFA B, so there's a chat for that. As soon as they say something that's like ridiculous, everyone's like, what the hell are they talking about? And they should really, I know Robert Green started doing it a bit, and see when you get Smeichel, like Peter Smeichel and stuff on it, it's so much better because they know what they're talking about. Whereas outfielders will just assume a certain thing. It's like, no, I can't do that. Because then that would happen. Because as a goalie, you can't cover everything. You've got to cover as many bases as you can. Cover the, as much of the goal as you can. But you can't cover every single bit all the time. It's, it's impossible. Like damage limitation almost. That's, that's your job. You're not going to save everything. But you need to get yourself in the right positions to save as much percent from the ball being at that position. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I do know what you mean. It is, uh, yeah, that, makes that ultimately is the, the role. You know what I mean? But there is always going to be a way around you. That's yeah. a fact. It's just trying to stop as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Well said. So then what's, what's on the cards for the next, say, five years for number one goalkeeper academy? What, what, where would you like to take the business? So I think the way the business is going at the moment, um, the Dunfermline Academy is full. The Edinburgh Academy is almost full. Um, I would, I would, don't really want to make it too big because I want to focus on what we've got um, at the moment. Hopefully we can get some more camps in in the, in the holidays. We'd really like to do a full week camp. Obviously I can't do that at the moment because I'm... Um, training Monday to Friday. Um, but if there came a point where another coach could maybe do that, that would be ideal, a Monday to Friday camp. Because I used to do that when I was younger and it was brilliant. 
Um, we had to see it in five years, hopefully providing it in five years, like to think a better service. Nothing on the service at the moment because the service is really good at the moment. I'm really, I'm, I'm quite proud of the service at the moment, if I'm being honest. Um, but in five years, I think we'll learn so much um, in terms of size-wise. I think we're, we're, for where we are, we're bang at it. We're not too big, we're not too small for where we want to be. Um, at the moment, if that grows, it grows. If it doesn't, I'll still be happy because um, we're still seeing a lot of goalkeepers um, coming through and getting the, getting the training that they need. What I will say, though, is in five years' time, I hope that every boys' club is looking after their goalkeepers. No, I don't care what like shape or form that is, whether it's us coming out, whether it's another coach coming out, because I know a lot of other coaches do a similar service now. Um, where they'll work with the team but it's something that's got to it can't be overlooked um, there's got to be some sort of training whether that's once a week or twice a week or a one-to-one session or whatever but the goalies do need something so if, if I can get if we are making enough noise on that as an academy um, and it might be oh well we've actually not looked at our goalkeepers we'll get someone in to do that I'd be happy with that um, so if every club in Edinburgh and Fairman in the next five years can get someone in to take the coaches on a specific session I'm not talking just someone kicking a ball at you I'm talking like a, a session that's planned and it's got its point, coaching points and it's got its you're coming away for that session knowing you've learned something there's so much you can turn up to training and you can get a blast or you can turn up and learn stuff and then take that on with you there's, and it's that kind of session is what the goalies need. Yes, they need a blast, but how many times have you seen that? You can probably get that with a team. Whereas that's your, that's your um, classroom session as well when you come down to the academy. You're learning all the time. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like you're at the very forefront of offering that service to two clubs. And I definitely see why there, I don't see a reason why there wouldn't um, be in five years' time, that level of coaching off uh, on display at, at clubs, and hopefully, hopefully that's... Yeah, I suppose, even when I'm saying that there, we obviously have that session. In the next five years, I would probably like to have more classroom sessions and things off the pitch in place, um, because there is so much more to it than, than just the, the technical... Mm. And the physical, there's obviously you've got the mental side to it. I know you spoke to John Johnson in one of your yeah. other podcasts who I've been working with. Um, and it's opened up a completely different side to the game that I didn't even think about before. Um, and that's helping me massively. So if there's a way I can try and get some of the stuff that I'm learning and digest it a bit and break it down a lot for the, for the younger goalies in your talking like minuscule little things you're just dropping in some training sessions but I, I want it to be more a classroom than the learning instead of it just being a turn up a few volleys in a way you need to you need to know why I'm a person I need to know something inside out in order to explain it or to fully grasp it I need to I need to know it I can't just it's weird as a person this is not even football I need to know why I'm doing it what I'm doing, how to do it, and I need to know everything. Um, 
I would, and that's the way I want to try and teach. So they know why they're doing it. It's not just a case of, I want you to do this. And then they'll do it. It's not that important. Well, it is important. This is why it's important. And then they'll start doing it because they'll realise, right, I need to do that or this is going to happen. Um, it's funny now, where um, it's funny where my mind goes when you said that about offering the sort of inner game side of it as well, because like, see if you were to like be, be at school and then someone was teaching you that in a classroom and you were just sitting there and it wasn't relevant to football or goalkeeping or anything like that. It's almost like a like for me personally, I would switch off. I switch off. But because it's like something that you're passionate about, football, goalkeeping, there's like another level of depth that lets it sort of go like a layer below, which is like, it almost sinks in. For me personally, I feel like it would sink in more because it's relative to what my passion is and is relative yeah. to my interest. I don't envy teachers. Right? They have got the hardest job. I, so it's tough trying to keep, uh, teach 10 kids, sometimes goalkeeping. Imagine trying to teach them algebra or something. Like, how do you keep their concentration? But there, there is an element to that um, where when you, you can definitely, whether it's mindset stuff, um, I know a lot of the schools and the kids, we speak to them about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets and stuff like that. And I think as a goalkeeper, there's a lot you can learn um, by putting it through as goalkeeping. And it's the same stuff, you're right, it's the exact same stuff, but it's probably, you're getting that concentration out of them, and you're getting, I don't know how we say it, they can almost resonate with it a bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, when it's, kind of, you're changing a couple of words to a football scenario, it's the exact same thing, but because there's an interest in it, mm, it does actually a bit, aye, and you, the, Aye, it's, uh, you're completely right on that. Mm. Completely right. So then, just to, to sort of get us on the, the, the wrap us up a bit, you obviously offer a free session to anyone who comes, who wants to, to try out the academy. That's yeah. Confirmland and Edinburgh. And Edinburgh, yeah. So you get the one free session, come down, see if you enjoy it, if, if the setup's right for you. Um, and then after that, then we can kind of speak about the signing you, mm -hmm. signing them up. And who is the academy for? As in, what age group? What sort of? I saw we've got kids as young as six at Dunfermline who are coming along. We've managed to split that into three groups, um, and up to about fourteen. Up and it's probably 14. it's similar in, in Edinburgh. I think our youngest seven in Edinburgh, um, and the oldest fourteen. And then anything older than that, we've kind of got the one-to-ones and the, the smaller groups. I think it's better at that. Anything older than that, you're kind of looking at smaller, more in high-intensity sessions where they know the, the ground and stuff. They know the, all the foundation stuff and it's about applying that in game scenarios and stuff. Um, but I, it's that free session. Those age ranges were open. We've got um, boys, girls... You don't need to obviously play in the position if you there's an interest there, um, go and explore it. It's a free session, you've got nothing I to lose. Take advantage of the free session. Exactly. And how can people get in contact with you, Cammy? Um, we've got the, the Facebook page, um, we've got Instagram, 
Um, got my email. I'll send all that across to you so you can put it in the podcast as well, mate, if that's yep. all right. Yep, in the description. Um, and just, just drop us a message in order to book in or, or just go on the website and there'll be a wee, a wee link called Free Session. Put the details in that and I'll send you a message across. Beautiful. Okay, and to wrap us up, finally, Cami, what is an empowering piece of advice that you find yourself given to maybe your academy players or what's an empowering piece of advice that maybe a coach has gave you? You put me on the spot now. You never told me this question no, before. Because no, uh, that'll make you have a, a good, you'll Google it and you'll give me some bullshit quote. I want some Cammy Gill quotes. Um, I'm not going to hit you with a quote here. I've not got any, pretty frankly. Um, the stuff you work hard for is the stuff that probably means the most. And when you look back on that, will be the stuff that you will, that will be first to mind. It's the stuff you work proper hard for. So the hard work's probably the enjoyable bit, the journey. Mm, love that. That's empowering, oh. isn't it? Oh. That is empowering, mate. That is empowering. <laughs> so basically, you don't shy away from the hard work because we're looking back right. on it. That's the stuff that means the most to you. And, that's and I'm not talking, I'm not talking, when I'm saying hard work, I'm not talking. It's like the hard work's when you're not enjoying it. It's, it's the shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the stuff where you need to dig in. It's not that, oh, I'm going to go to the gym today and lift heavy weights. That, that's hard work, but the hard work's more the psychological side of it as well. Mm-hmm. I love that, mate. That's the bit that means the most. Okay, mate. So thanks, thanks a lot for coming on and, and sharing. Um, what you did, I think there was a, a really good uh, level of insight about what you what what your story was and how you're looking to impact um, people who are the up and coming keepers who uh, maybe didn't have the foundation that you did growing up, yeah. and it's it's admirable that you're offering that service. So thanks again for coming on, mate. I appreciate. It. Top man, guys. Thanks for having me, mate. All the best. All the best, mate. Cheers. Bye.